Welcome to the Subscription League, a podcast by Purchasely. Listen to what's working in subscription apps. In each episode, we invite leaders of the app industry who are mastering the subscription model for mobile apps. To learn more about subscriptions, head to subscriptionleague.com. Let's get started. Welcome, everybody. Today, I'm with Nicolas Tissier, CEO at Purchasely, the next-gen subscription platform. And we're going to interview Jean Patry, CEO at Mojo. Hello. Nicolas, can you introduce Jean for us? Yeah, hello. So, um, Jean, you're uh, the CEO of Mojo. You're an engineer with a math background. You're passionate about programmatic design. So, what is programmatic design? It's uh, generating design with code and making it accessible to everyone. Always been working on video editing apps. Four years ago, you create Mojo with the idea to make uh, Instagram stories much more animated and dynamic. You participate to YC in 2018, and the success comes uh, very quickly. Four years after, Mojo has been downloaded more than 20 million times. You have uh, 30K paying subscribers, which will make a lot of people jealous, I guess. And you generate more than 1 million euros of uh, MRR with a brilliant team of less than 15 people. So, Jean, after that great intro from Nicolas, is there anything else you want our listeners to know? Uh, hey, Nicolas. Hi, uh, Olivier. Uh, thanks for having me. You're welcome. Well, thanks for this uh, intro, Nicolas. I think uh, it's, a, it's a good summary. Thanks for that. Cool. So when I read your intro the other day and learned a little bit more about you, there's one thing that I was like, as a software developer, I have to ask him that question, which is programmatic design. Can you tell us in 30 seconds why you're passionate about it and why it's so great? Yes, definitely. Well, very simply, when I did my studies, I got you know, passionate about uh, video and music, uh, especially music composition. And I was just spending my nights uh, doing that. And also as an engineer, I was looking for a job. And, you know, the main question I was trying to answer is, oh, can I kind of not, you know, betray my uh, engineering backgrounds and do what I love, video editing and music composition. And here comes code and programmatic design, which is about that, which is about, you know, turning code into, into design, into music, video, photo. I think it's because, yeah, it's at the intersection of two things I love. And I think that's the main reason. And, you know, when you're kind of a, have hybrid passions, oftentimes there is a field as the intersection of that. And uh, it's about that. Yeah. Well, it seemed like your passion has served you pretty well because Mojo has been pretty successful over the last four years. I'm curious to know how subscriptions has factored into that success. Yeah, definitely. It's rather three years, actually, because we launched at the very end of 2018. But uh, it doesn't really <laughs> change the story. Well, very basically, I think we would not have been able to build this business so fast without mobile subscriptions. So it's very, I would say, instrumental to our trajectory and especially our velocity. Basically, what subscription did for us is that they instantly provided business models that was 100% fit for you know, our value and made us able to distribute that you know, worldwide without the knowledge in you know, payment systems, basically. And I think another aspect is that uh, you know, subscriptions are also aligned and are aligning the incentives between our users and us because it's always pushing us to offer new content, more content, and to always develop the product. And actually, you know, adding content and pushing your product is what you need to do to succeed as a business, or at least as a software business, so it's, you know, the right business model to 
focus on the right things, basically. Cool. And so you've talked a lot about the benefits of subscription and how they help you. A lot of people are talking about the downside of subscription being the fee you have to pay either to Google or to Apple or whoever owns the store where you're published. What's your perspective on that? Yeah. So I think it, it, it relates back to what I just said about mobile subscriptions, which is that, you know, we wouldn't have a business if it weren't for Google and Apple. To me, that's, this is as simple as that. So why I think that? Because, you know, the price of building your own subscription stack, like, you know, as a small or a medium company is like enormous, you know, it's, it's really a skill you have to master. It's, you know, payments is not something easy. And I think if you're a, a medium business, this is worth more than the, you know, the cuts that you're giving to Google and Apple when you're, you know, building subscription on top of their OSs. I think it's the same if you're trying to take uh, users to a web payment workflow. Because the question is, are you going to churn less than, you know, 30% users by adding that flow? Well, I guess you will, you know, uh, you will not succeed in doing that. Not to mention the cut you have to give to web payment providers. So I think where there is maybe a debate or a discussion to have is for, I would say, super big companies with highly established brands, even outside of the app stores. But, you know, the wide majority of app developers are not in this situation. We are not in this situation yet. So I think talking about, you know, Epic, Spotify, et cetera, is an interesting discussion, but it's not super relevant to, to the question like, is that worth it for app developers? Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah, well, what you're saying is that the app stores in general are more an opportunity for the small developers. And yeah, they can create troubles, problems, issues for the, for the very big ones, because of course they have a big brand. But for the small ones, the fees, uh, I've, never, I've never heard any small developer uh, not saying that the App Store is a, a chance to distribute worldwide. So um, I'm very aligned with what you're saying. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's really, you know, about distribution, definitely. So when looking at the Mojo app, one of the specificity of this, your subscription paywall is that it comes toward the end of the user journey when the user has been creating content in Mojo. Can you tell us how you got to this design? Sure. Just a quick disclaimer before I do that. We also display a paywall as part of the onboarding process. So at the beginning of the flow, but that paywall is not really meant to drive the purchases. It's really about making the user know that we, are, we have a premium offering. So I felt I should say that before answering. But yes, you're right. What is quite specific about our app is that users are free to select all the templates that we offer in the app and even the premium ones. They can edit them, they can add elements to, to them. And it's only when they really want to actually create what we feel like is a real value of our app, like sharing you know, what they created with those premium templates, that they are actually limited by the paywall, which is basically telling them that those templates are premium and they, you know, should upgrade to our Mojo Pro plan to be able to share them, basically. And the reason why it worked better for us this way is because actually we enable everyone to really see the values that we can offer and educate them on what Mojo is about and what we make better for them before, you know, we're asking them to upgrade, basically. And it's, it's really about connecting that what you can call, you know, this aha moment very close and just before the moment where you're trying to convert, basically. And was that a, an intentional design for you to have that paywall at the end? Or is that something you got to slowly over time? 
Actually, if I remember correctly, I think it came as an accident. A happy one in that case. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think at some point we, at first, I think we blocked users from, you know, being able to edit the premium templates. And I think at some point we just, I guess, yeah, introduced a bug or uh, changed that and realized it was a way better experience and it was even better, you know, for convention. And actually we, I would say the understanding of why came a bit after, like it often does. There is what we'd call some subscription fatigue for users around subscription. Are you guys doing anything to limit the impact of the subscription fatigue on Mojo? Yeah, subscription fatigue, to me, I think it really happens when there is a disconnection, you know, between the value that people get from a service they're subscribed to and actually being subscribed to it, you know? Many subscriptions on mobile or in general are quite expensive, especially if you look at the total yearly costs. And, you know, it can add up pretty quickly if you have several of them. And maybe some products, you know, are overusing subscriptions and not really providing the offer that goes with that, which is actually adding content and improving your product all the time. And yeah, so if you're actually doing subscriptions and you're adding content all the time, I think it's the best way to prevent, uh, you know, your subscribers from feeling that fatigue, basically. And I think another aspect is also about making easy for, for people, for subscribers to cancel their, their subscription to your product. Because basically, if you do not, they will churn anyway. But also, actually, they will get angry and turn into what you can call brand detractors and have way more, I would say, detrimental effects on your growth and your public image, basically. And I'm curious, you say, you know, you try to make it as easy as you can for people to unsubscribe from within the app. Is that something you mention actually in the paywall, like onboarding flow, so that they know ahead of time? Or is it just a happy moment when they discover later that they can cancel from the app? Yes, that's a good question. I think we do have that. We have several versions of, you know, of our paywalls that we're testing. So I couldn't say if we have that information everywhere. But I think we are aiming for that. And I think, you know, the, the most successful subscription businesses, and especially on mobile, are the ones that are, you know, super transparent with their users. And, you know, there is no point in, in hiding that. I mean, the, the clearer you get and the better trust you create early on, and the more likely you are to first, you know, uh, convert people into becoming subscribers, but more importantly, have them retained on the long run, which is really about growing a subscription business is about. And being transparent like this, does it have a, an impact on the win back? Uh, are you able to better win back users that uh, have churned at some point? Do you have any metrics on this? I think I don't have specific metrics on that, but I can, what I can tell you for sure is that if at any point, you know, of the user journey, you gain them in the feelings that you betrayed them in some way, I think you will never get them back. So I think this is what you should you know, avoid as much as possible. And one challenge we're having with that, with, especially with the free trials on mobile, users going for a free trial have to cancel it 24 hours before the end of that trial if they don't want to get charged. And uh, that's uh, the App Store's policies. And it's not super easy to actually educate your users about that. And sometimes some of them get kind of confused and end up getting charged by accidents. And this is bad because, uh, you know, someone getting charged by accidents is not going to stay in the long run and not going to promote your product. So you really don't want that, even if you're making some money when, when it happens. 
So do you send like uh, some uh, kind of push notification 24 hours before uh, charging them? Because we know that some apps, I have a blink list in mind, they do that and they reassure the free users that they won't be charged by accident. Do you have something like this in Mojo? I wish we did. <laughs> But we don't, uh, we don't even send any notifications yet. So At all? Okay. Yeah. So it could be a good pretext to, to, to get the push notification uh, authorization. Definitely. Well, th there are many things that we want to do, you know, to improve all those aspects that, you know, more, I would say, established apps or that, that have been here for a longer time have been able to do. Yeah. But it's still uh, in the list of things that we want to build. So it actually strikes me that, you know, you guys have been pretty successful. You've been in the market for a while and you say you're not sending push notification yet which some people would say, you know, push notification is a great tool to engage your user and all that kind of stuff. Do you know, is there any specific reason why you haven't prioritized push notification yet? Yeah, that's a good question. I think that the answer for that is because sending notifications and trying to have a better messaging for your users, you know, along their journey is really kind of a second phase once you really perfectly nailed your product market fit. And you're trying to optimize that to lift up your metrics, especially retention, so that you can, you know, grow even more and set the foundation for uh, being a great business. And I think we are in that transition. But before that, our focus was more around getting the value right for the product. And we're still working a lot on that. And I felt like we felt like, you know, as a team that it was more priority until then. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Thanks for the answer. Implementing subscription can be tricky. I'm sure you met some challenges along the way. Could you share some of those challenges and any advice that you might have for others going down the same path? Sure. Well, I have one single big piece of advice for this, which is don't try to build it yourself, basically. Use a solution, you know? And I think I love it. <laughs> like uh, Purchasely, basically. Very simply, it will save you, you know, time, money, And more importantly, focus. Well, it looks like <laughs> I'm doing, you know, some promotion for you guys, but, but actually I'm, <laughs> I'm not. It's, it's really what I think. My, you know, my general take on this is that I think at least it's, this is what we do at the company is we try to outsource as much as possible everything that we do that is not core business, you know, what we're good at. So we can focus on the rest, which is the product, the value we provide, product tech and marketing, you know, what we should nail anyway. Perhaps, or at least I hope so. But yeah, you know, unless you are building a payment company and it's your business, payment, I think, is a perfect example of, you know, a non-core business topic that, uh, you know, most companies should not build by themselves. And to me, it's quite obvious, but I think I, I should pay tribute to my co-founder for that, who has the right instinct, Francesco. Yeah. He didn't want to rebuild the wheel. Uh, and so I'm curious, did you directly go for uh, a third-party tool or did you even try to do subscription by, you, by yourself? We did not even try. And again, I think my co-founder, Francesco, told me he felt like it was at least a one-person full-time job, even at the very beginning. And he says there is no way around that if you want you know, to make it work and not to be kind of awakened up at night because you, know, you have subscribers that have problems with payments or that got charged by accident or anything. And yeah, it did not take a lot of time convincing me. So we just, you know. <laughs> awesome. So earlier, you've talked about a happy accident with the paywall that was moved further down the, the flow for the user. Is there any other happy accident in the history of Mojo that you think are worthwhile sharing? Yeah, so there is another one that comes to, to my mind. In our product, we have two options for our premium plan, Mojo Pro. And people can choose to pay either yearly 
or monthly. And originally on our purchase page, the monthly plan was selected by default. And one day we switched that by accident. And so the yearly plan was pre-selected instead. And actually what happened is that the proportion of people subscribing to the yearly plan drastically changed, you know, from like 30% to 70%. So basically it got reversed between the two. And it was a happy accident for us because the yearly plan is more interesting for us, despite the huge discount that we offer. It looks, I mean, it is uh, uh, cheaper, but, you know, people that go for it tend to say subscribe longer. And also we're getting more money early on that we can use, you know, to fuel our trajectory. And is there any change that you can observe on the usage of the product itself? How they engage with it? Are uh, yearly subscribers more engaged on a longer term with the product? Oh yeah, definitely so. I thought it was maybe something specific to, to our products. And then I stumbled upon a Duolingo that went public. And, you know, they're publishing a document six months ahead of going public, the S1 documents. And in that, they just mentioned that they're making three times more money from yearly subscribers compared with monthly, which I felt was like a huge difference. And actually, it's roughly the same for many subscription apps. And what they did is that they actually pushed people to go more for that offering because it was more aligned with, you know, using the product on the longer run. So it was better for everyone, basically. I'm impressed that you're reading uh, S1 documents. Do you do that often? No, I'm not reading them. I'm reading like some, I would say, uh, summaries uh, made by analysts. <laughs> uh, okay. That makes me feel a lot better. <laughs> One thing that you mentioned when we talked last week was companies that succeed are the one that do before they understand. Can you tell us more about what you meant? Yes, sure. I think it's one of the big lessons that we've learned when going to Y Combinator. What was, yeah, what, what we really understood there is that one of the biggest predictors of success for any startup, it's really about its speed more than anything else, more than, you know, uh, which market they go for, more than, I don't know, uh, how much money they start with or how good salesmen they are. And the reason for that is if you try to build your own business, you're going to hit tons of walls, you know, you're going to make like hundreds of mistakes and probably pivot several times before you find something that works. I think we, Mojo is our maybe 10th project, you know, we, we tried a lot before that. So basically you better make those mistakes as fast as possible before you run out of money. But oftentimes it's not really about money. It's more that you get burned out and you, you don't have morale, you know, to try another idea. And so, and to go fast, actually, what we experienced, and I think now it has been theorized, is that you have to make experiments and bets. Nine out of 10 of those bets will fail. But if one kind of works, and if like 100x bets, that really yields like huge benefits, you'll make more progress than if you try to analyze everything that we get to do and you try to plan ahead and uh, trying to get an understanding. And I think the other aspect for that is that we are in a very, very competitive business. Like it's worldwide, it's distributed. That's kind of the, I would say the drawback of, you know, being distributed on the app stores is that you're competing against all the world instantly. And yes, also you, you will never be faster than competition, than the, the sum of the competition combined. So you need to have those happy accidents and you need to know to have those, those wins that really differentiates you, that you will double down on and that will make you unique. And so you, yeah, you basically create your own category. Cool, cool, cool. 
I know you guys are hiring and have open positions. So I'm going to put you on the spot and ask you to tell us why people should come work with you at Mojo. Sure. So we have a lot of uh, open positions at the moment. We're looking for a head of growth, senior product manager, Android and web engineers, and, and many other positions. Well, I think Mojo is a great environment, first because of the mission. We're really passionate about basically enabling everyone to create super polished design on their mobile. And we already started doing that with social stories. And now we are going for all social media and then all visual content. And that's an amazing opportunity. Also because there is no clear leader yet for you know, short video content on mobile. And that's super exciting. Or at least uh, we think it is. I think the other aspect is that we are very few number of people with an already, I wouldn't say big, but already a, a strong business. And it's really an opportunity to have a lot of impact, you know, per person. And that's something we always try to optimize for because we feel like it's super aligned with uh, some kind of happiness because you feel like you're, you're making a difference. And last, I think we have, either if you work remotely with us or you come to the office, you'll see that there is a great vibe. It's a super nice group of human beings that are very caring for each other, that are super exciting about the change and that are really like hands-on doers, always ready to get their hands dirty to, you know, make things move forward. So yeah, for all these reasons, I think we have a lot to offer. I'm curious what kind of, we're always looking for sneak peeks, what kind of cool features are you working on right now for Mojo and that are going to come out in the future? Well, um, I, I will not because, uh, as I said, going fast is, means not having a clear roadmap because you don't have really, really have time to, to build it ahead. So that's uh, kind of the reality. But to talk maybe about the short midterm, we're working on tons of things, but there are two kind of aspects that we are super interested in right now. One is, you know, short video formats uh, on mobile, like Reels, TikTok, and Shorts. I think it's a tremendous opportunity for us. Those are really great storytelling formats for us. And it's really about turning your ideas into powerful visuals. And this is what we do best. So we know we're just going full speed for that. And another aspect is Teams, which is basically, I think with Mojo, we really succeeded in making a great tool for individuals, trying to grow their audience and their business. And actually, there is no reason why Mojo shouldn't be great for Teams. And I think it's really about making the product a bit easier to work with when you have several people. We're just, you know, doing that at the moment. Also, you know, making it more visible to bigger companies as well. Well, thanks for sharing all your secrets and your uh, five-year roadmap with us. <laughs> Those were all the questions that I had for you today. If people want to learn more about Mojo, maybe learn more about you, where can they go? And if they want to apply for those jobs, where can they go? We have a website. And I think if you type Mojo app on Google search, you'll stumble upon us. So definitely go there if you're interested in our open positions. And on mine, I'm not a super public person, but uh, have a Twitter account and you can find me where I post work-related stuff. It's Jean underscore Patry. And yeah, look for us. Well, thanks a lot for having me. I really enjoyed. Great, Jean. That was amazing to, to have you uh, on this show. Thank you very much for that. On behalf of the Purchase League team, thank you for listening to the Subscription League podcast. If you've enjoyed what you heard, leave us a five-star review on iTunes or other audio platform. To find out more about Purchase League and how we can improve your subscription business, visit purchaselead.com. Please hit subscribe in your podcast player and don't miss any future episodes. You can also listen to previous episodes at subscriptionleague.com. See you soon.